0: You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and before we jump into today's episode, I have a really exciting announcement for you. The 3 and 30 team and I have been working on something behind the scenes for the past few months that we hope will help you a lot as you navigate the ups and downs of your current season of motherhood. We have gone through the archives of our 243 episodes, Yes, this is episode 243, which means there are over 121 hours of amazing educational content on this podcast feed, which is both incredible and overwhelming. So we have gone through all of that and picked out a handful of what we believe are the very best episodes for each phase of motherhood and created curated playlists for you. We don't want you to have to dig through 121 hours of content to find what you need on the show. We know you don't have time for that, so we've tried to make it as easy as possible for you to find exactly what you need when you need it. We have a playlist for brand new moms of a baby, a playlist for moms of toddlers and preschoolers, a playlist for moms of elementary school-aged kids, a playlist for moms of tweens, and a playlist for moms of teens. This resource is completely free, and you can get it by going to 3 and 30 podcastcom slash playlists. Do it right now and get that playlist downloaded onto your phone so it's easy to just listen on the go while you're driving or exercising or cleaning the house this summer, and you'll hear episodes that really apply to you and your life right now. That link is 3 and 30 podcastcom slash playlists, P-L-A-Y-L-I-S-T-S, and of course I will link that in the show notes. From Team 3 and 30, we are rooting for you, and we truly hope this new resource will help you find the information you need to thrive in your motherhood. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Women have so many options when it comes to earning money and raising children. It used to be that moms really only had two options, to stay home full-time or to work outside the home full-time. But in our modern world, women often have many different options than that depending on their family situations and their desires. In today's episode, you'll hear me read some statistics from a recent demographic survey of the moms in the 3 and 30 community about where we are working at home, outside the home, and how much. Before you hear any of those statistics, I want you to seriously consider what you want. Do you have dreams of earning an income but have imposter syndrome and wonder if you are even qualified? Are you worried about what your partner, friends, or family might say? Do you currently work full-time and want to transition outside of a 9-to-5 job or even start staying home full-time but have no idea how that would actually happen? Are you happy with your current situation and you need permission to own that? I hope that whatever your answers are to these questions, you'll take away encouragement from this episode and give yourself permission to dream. Our guest today is Kim Ritberg, business owner and host of the Mom's Exit Interview podcast, which aims to inspire and educate moms seeking fulfillment outside the traditional nine-to-five job. In the episode, Kim shares her story of leaving her 15-year career in TV news and digital for companies like Fox, Netflix, Pop Sugar, and Us Weekly to now running her own content strategy company with hours that work for her family. I know that whatever your work journey looks like right now, you are going to love learning from her. So let's get into it. Here we go. Kim, welcome to 3 and 30. We are so excited to talk with you today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here.
0: Well, I feel like when I envision the audience listening today, I envision two different groups of moms. I envision the mom who goes to a nine-to-five job every day. Maybe she's listening right now on her commute, and she's feeling exhausted. She wants something different. She wants to be home more with her kids, but she just doesn't know where to start, doesn't know if that's even possible for her. And then I also envision a group of moms who are home full-time and are maybe listening to this during nap time or while doing laundry, and they may be feeling a little pull to do some work outside of their home, but they don't want to be gone full-time. And so they also Don't know where to start, don't know if it's possible for them to do something in between. And I feel like this conversation will hopefully help both groups of women who want to pursue fulfilling work outside of a nine to five sort of corporate grind schedule. And I'm so excited that you're here today. This is your expertise. And why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you became so passionate about this?
1: Those two groups of women are exactly who I'm talking to. So thank you for for introducing that concept. So my career started in TV. So mm-hmm. I was a TV news producer and writer for Inside Edition. So as a part of that job, that means I booked guests. I started to write scripts as I got more experienced. My peak was I would get to put my hand in, in uh, holding a microphone to interview celebrities on red carpets. That's like the glamorous part. <laughs> Your and hand, there was, was in the,
0: my hand was in the video.
1: <laughs> my hand is really famous. <laughs> my face, not so much. <laughs> but I had a really awesome career. So I worked at Inside Edition and then I shifted to Greta Van Susteren's show on Fox and I was a writer and producer for her news show. So politics and news and my news phase was about nine or 10 years. And it was amazing. Like I got to do a lot. I learned a lot about writing and producing and working under deadlines and having mentors and teaching other people sort of everything you learn when you're in an mm-hmm. office environment. Mm-hmm. And then I shifted to long form TV where I wrote and produced True Crime. That was one of the types of shows I did. And I wrote and produced The Fabulous Life of Justin Bieber.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. There
1: go. So always storytelling, short form, long form, a little bit of everything for TV. And then... I shifted. I really wanted to go into digital. I said, I really don't want my career to be forever in TV only. And I knew that if I didn't like pick a pivot, then I might get pigeonholed. I love TV, but I knew I wanted to shift into digital. So I went to Us Weekly. I launched their video unit. And I like to say I had two babies. I had my baby Mm -hmm. girl, Lily. And then I had my Us Weekly video unit. And by that, I mean, I walked in and there was a conference room and nothing else. And I had to turn it into a live studio for news and celebrity news and lifestyle. And I hired a team of videographers and editors and reporters. So it was a huge undertaking. So I grew it to about 18 people and it was such an incredible experience to foster a team. It was like so amazing. I had the best, most positive, smartest, hardworking people working with me and we created great content and we were making the company like really good money. So all in all, it was such a, like it was a peak. I knew even during it, I was like, this is so amazing. I've been working so hard for 14 years and I feel like someone gave me a chance and I'm taking that chance and I'm running with it and I'm not squandering it. Mm. So I was completely like on a high. And as I was pregnant with my second child, our company was acquired. And it's just, it's really chaotic at best. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And at worst, there's a lot of firings. And so as we started getting acquired, I was, I'd say, seven months pregnant with my second child. And I had this 18-person team and a lot of executives were getting fired. My team didn't know if they'd be fired. So a lot of people start looking for jobs. And no one on my team actually got fired because the video was something that that, the new purchasers really wanted. But I had this amazing team of people and all these people are quitting. And then suddenly I'm in the hospital bed. Like I'm actually delivering my child with an IV in my arm and I'm on my iPhone and I'm reading people's resumes. (laughs) And it's crazy, right? It's, It's crazy. And so I'm emailing my colleagues. I'm saying hire this person. And if they say no, hire that person. Like that's not what I should have been doing. I should have been looking at nursery decor and I should have been thinking about how to prepare my first child for the introduction of a new baby in our household. And I think that realization of, man, you can work so hard and you can have success and you have no control. Like I just, I had just had no control. And that was a complete epiphany for me. And I started thinking, what do I really want? How much of my career am I building for myself and what I really want in life versus how much of it is for the business card or the email or the title? So the trade-off we have at work, it's not just money for time. It's all of these other intangibles. Yes. You can like the schedule. You can like your colleagues. You can like the work. You can like your pay. You can like your identity. So I started to like stop and break it down and say, what do I really like about this? And then I realized I want to work for myself. I do have all these skills. How do I turn that into a business? But I'm being totally honest. I'd like to say I had my second child. Boom. I started my business. No. You know what? I actually still didn't have the confidence to start my own business. I had two other jobs. One was a year at Netflix. One was like a brief stint at Pop Sugar. And then I was like, no, 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 no. I'm really starting my business now. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. I'm 100% committed. I love that you shared that it didn't happen. Like, in life, so often we think we have the epiphany and we move on it, and that's that. And for you to say, I had the epiphany, I didn't trust myself, I did a couple other things, and then finally did what my heart was telling me to do, I think is very realistic for most people how their life journey goes.
1: I totally agree, and I think it's so relevant for listeners. What we see on social media is the soundbite. It's the message. I've been a producer in TV and digital for 15 years. It's always about the soundbite. Make it clean. Make it easy to understand. Mm-hmm. But lives are more nuanced than that. So my mm-hmm. my catchphrase is like, I quit corporate, and you can too. Sure, I quit corporate and then had no idea if I could launch a business. <laughs> and, then, and then I took two more jobs, and then I really launched my business. You know, That's the truth of what it is. And I think people either aren't honest about it or just – there's not always room for that sort of nuance. But the truth is, it takes a while. It takes courage. It takes clarity. It Mm. depends on your financial situation. It's just a million things wrapped up. And so even my path wasn't so clear. But once I did actually decide I'm really going to work for myself, I went like full in networking and trying to learn about how to do this business. And now I run a communications company.
0: Oh, I love hearing that. And do you have more ability and flexibility? to be with your family in the ways that you would like to? Do you do your business from your home? Do you have an office outside of your home? How does that all look? Those are exactly
1: the right questions to ask. I work less than I ever did. Mm -hmm. The first two years, I earned basically the same as my executive salary.
0: Hmm.
1: Some weeks I work more, just depends if I have projects, but overall, I work a lot less. I have much more flexibility in the summertime. And I'm really saying to myself, why did I do this? I did this to be more present with my kids. I didn't do this to make so much more money. Mm. That's not my driving force. So my driving force is to be more present with my kids and have more control. And control doesn't mean every single day. It doesn't mean every single week. But overall, I look at the year, I'm like, wow, I'm getting a lot more time with my kids. I feel much more in control of my life.
0: Yeah. And that is a perfect segue into your takeaways. So we want to take Kim's story, and she has come up with some really actionable takeaways for how a mom can do something similar, whatever your situation is, where you can use your talents and your gifts and your skills to start something, to start a business or a passion project or something that gives you that purpose outside of your time at home and allows you to really be at home and build a life that you love on all fronts. So let's start in with our first takeaway for moms who want to pursue fulfilling work outside of a nine to five job.
1: Great. My first takeaway is when you're looking for fulfilling work outside the quote unquote nine to five, really identify your priorities. So as a part of the podcast, Moms Exit Interview that I host and produce, we surveyed hundreds of moms. And so a lot of what they're looking for in this survey, they told us Mm. they want to be fulfilled, but they're really looking for flexibility. The main problems that moms were saying was I'm having trouble feeling present at home. I'm struggling with the juggle of domestic duties on top of working. And so Every single person has their own unique priorities, but you have to really be clear on that. So mm. if your priority is time with your kids, you have to think about which hours you're looking for to fill. Are you willing to work at night? Are you willing to work in the morning? So I think there's truly a path for everyone. And one of the things on my own personal path was when I started my business, my goal wasn't to be uh, have a startup and, and have a unicorn billion dollar evaluation. My goal was to run a business that fits my life that Mm. lets me be with my kids and have a peaceful and content and fulfilled life. And I started looking around and like, who else has this? Like, where are these moms? Like, who do I learn from? And I made this podcast with that in mind to Mm. actually really inspire women to see lives that look like what they might want and then offer tips on how they can do it. So I'd say my main thing is figure out what you want. Some people are like, I need a job with health insurance. I need a job with 401k, whatever it is. I really want to make the most money. But if your goal is to be more with your kids, you can't really work past three o'clock every afternoon. There are still a lot of jobs that would still fit you. But just really be clear on that because the worst thing is if you say you want to take control and then you take a three day week job, but then that three day week job is nine to five or nine to six, and that's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then you're finding you're only having two afternoons with your kids. That might not align with what you said you really wanted. So mm. I think having that clarity around what you're looking for is super, super important. And it's different for every situation, but you have to write that down and you have yeah. to keep that on a piece mm-hmm. of paper and then revisit it as you get opportunities. And you have to say, I've turned down work. It's really scary to turn down work when you work for yourself. You think no one's ever going to hire you again. Like, even with my resume, I still worry that I'm never going to get a client again, you know? Mm-hmm. But I turn down work if it's not going to work. Like, I won't take on a new project in June or July that's summertime. That's part of the time I'm really trying to hold precious for my kids. But if I do have work that's trickling into the summer, like if I have a client that I consult with on a weekly or a monthly basis, I will continue them through the summer, but I won't take on a new client in June or July.
0: Yeah. And you know what resonated with me, Kim, is that you have to write it down and you have to look back at it. Because sometimes when you start your business or you start doing work you're really passionate about, you get carried away. You love it so much that you forget what your original priority was. And I'm speaking from personal experience here where, you know, you just get caught up in the growth and the excitement and you say, yes. And and you have to go back and look and say, no, remember the reason why you started this was because for me, I wanted to be able to be home when my kids got home from school and be present. And those things that, it then informs exactly what you said, what you say yes and what you say no to. Do you have to have a constant reminder of what those priorities are or it will get lost in the busyness and shuffle of building a new business?
1: And I still struggle with that. You know, I have some projects that I am really truly excited about and I'll be in a flow. I'm in a creative flow. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm working on a project and it's 545, 555, 6 o'clock. My husband's knocking on the office door, dinner time. I'm like, oh, I'm about to finish this. He's like, Kim, you said you want to be here for dinner. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not pulling you or dragging you to dinner. You said you want to be at dinner with the kids. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yes, yes. Laptop down. I can finish this at 8.15 tonight or tomorrow. I think you just have to keep reminding yourself. And I have a reminder actually on my laptop. It says, what's the point? Question mark. And it just reminds me like, what is the point of restructuring your whole life to do this? hmm Say yes to the projects you want, focus in on the business growth that you're looking for, don't say yes to everything, just stay committed to the goals that you have in terms of your life.
0: Yes, absolutely. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. In my early motherhood years, I was depressed and discouraged every day with terrible thoughts of self-loathing. When I look back at that time, I hardly recognize myself because I am so much stronger mentally and emotionally now. I really attribute that turnaround to two things, going to therapy and going after my dream of starting my podcast, the latter of which really applies to the podcast episode that we are having today. But getting back to therapy, it really helped me to see my distorted thoughts for what they were and gave me tools to actively change the way I talked to myself. It was absolutely life changing for me, but it was also a huge sacrifice of time and money. Every week I would have to find a babysitter for my young children, drive 30 minutes to my counselor's office, spend an hour talking to her, drive back to get my kids, etc, etc. If I had known about an option like BetterHelp back then, it would have been incredibly beneficial for me as a busy young mom. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with the therapist in under 48 hours. 3 in 30 listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com 3 in 30. That's betterhel dot com 3 in 30. This podcast is also sponsored by Modern Fertility, an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. If you've been listening to the podcast for very long, you may know that my two miracle babies came to me through adoption and IVF. I feel fortunate that when my husband and I started trying to have children, we already knew that it would probably be a struggle based on some diagnosed medical conditions and fertility testing I'd had done as a teenager. While our years of infertility were still very difficult, it helped that my husband and I had mentally prepared before we even got married to accept that we would likely only have children through fertility treatments or adoption. Did you know that one out of six couples struggle with infertility? That is a pretty staggering statistic and most people don't know or aren't ready to talk about it. But we need good data and information about our bodies in order to have informed conversations with our doctors and our partners and make the best decisions for ourselves and our future. That's why Modern Fertility was created. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. You'll get insight into your hormone levels, your ovarian reserve, which is how many eggs you have compared to other women your age, and other important fertility factors. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash 3in30. That means your test will cost $179 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash three and 30. That's modernfertility.com slash three in 30. And then what's your second takeaway? So, my
1: second takeaway is think about your skills and how they could be used to serve others. Others means paying clients or customers. Mm-hmm. So, I think people and me, I had the same thing. You have this skill set. You have this experience, but you forget that outside the four walls of an office or or a classroom or or a doctor's office, how they apply to other things. But the truth is there's never been a better time to run your own business. Yeah. I mean, seriously.
0: There's so many opportunities with with the internet.
1: (laughs) With the internet, there's so many opportunities. So I'd say the first thing is think about your skills and don't think about what you have done. I have done X for Dr. Y. I have done, you know, A for this person or this company. It's not about that. What are the underlying skills or traits that you have brought that are of value? So if you've been a teacher or a writer or a crafty, artsy, think -hmm. about how that can apply to other people, people being clients. So it's a reframing. You have to reframe yourself to yourself and then to others. And so one of the things, in addition to the podcast, for my company, I do media training. So much of figuring out what you want to be next is messaging. Whatever your Mm -hmm. skills are, you have to practice saying that in a new way. So if you were a teacher or you were a writer at a magazine, maybe now you're a content writer for brands. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're a writer for blogs, for show notes, for podcasts. I mean, that's a simple example, but there's really so many opportunities. So the digital era has ushered in so many ways to work. Yeah. You can freelance, you could be a one-person company, a solopreneur, everyone here is on social media, right? You'll see all these businesses, almost all of those need help there's a lot of podcasts out there. So I'm seeing a lot of people, they offer services like copywriting, blog posts, SEO, editing, and that's in a specific area. So what about products, right? Let's say you're someone who's crafty. I used to have a jewelry company Mm -hmm. back when I had time for a side hustle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I would sell my jewelry in stores like Bloomingdale's and This was pre-Shopify and Etsy existed, but it wasn't that big. So now you want to get your products online. There's a lot more options. You can make a website with Shopify. It's just much easier. So think about what you could sell, where you could sell it. And it's kind of a mix of in-person and online. So still don't forget your local businesses, your in-person network. That should be your very first point of contact as you're trying to grow your business. You should Mm -hmm. be walking down the street and you should be telling your friends and family. You should be telling everyone you know, this is Mm -hmm. what I do now.
0: Yeah. And one thing that really resonates with me that you said there, just that emphasis on don't think of the actual job you did or the role you had, but the skills that you gained or that you were really good at within that role. And that might even be pre kids. For some women, I think they start staying home and then they think, oh, I've been home for 10 years. So I'm no longer relevant in my field. And first of all, I would argue that and say you're more relevant than you realize, but also, What skills did you use in that field that you can translate into a new field? What skills did you use within your motherhood that you can use to start a business or to bring to an existing business that you got much better at in your years of managing small children and schedules and whatever it was that you did? So thinking about those underlying skills more than the actual job description that you were trained for or the degree that you got and bringing those.
1: A hundred percent. I completely agree. And I've pivoted several times in my career, which was like office career, corporate America career. And one of the things I learned from pivoting there are the same things as pivoting as a mom is learn the lingo. So learn the words that someone else might use Mm -hmm. because if you have the skills, but you can't really explain it to an outside person, start doing informational interviews. So find people who are doing what you like. See how they describe it. See the words they use because sometimes it's hard to envision that. So for me, I was in news and I knew how to write. I knew how to produce. I knew how to interview people. I knew how to craft a story. But when it came to shifting into a show, I took someone to lunch. I said, can I talk to you and learn a little bit more about what you do? I learned from her the phrases I needed to learn. So I revamped my resume. I kept my skills, but I called them different things. So Mm -hmm. if you do want to shift completely away from what you did before, there are certificates you can get. These are Mm -hmm. things you can do on your own time at home. A lot of them are not that expensive or free. So if you do really feel like, oh, I actually need new skills, there's plenty of opportunities to do that. And again, it's the digital era, so You could do it from the comfort of your bedroom.
0: Yes. You can learn anything now, you know, yes. and it's an amazing time to be alive. It's an amazing time to be a mom entrepreneur because there's so many opportunities to use the internet to learn and then to build and grow that into something that can make money for your family. Absolutely.
1: And I, I want to reiterate, when I started my company, I had only earned a few thousand dollars as a consultant. Mm-hmm. I was pretty much terrified that I couldn't actually earn like real money that could be a salary over a year from what I did. But then I just started networking in person, started networking online, and then it sort of starts feeding on itself. Once you're really putting yourself out there and looking for work and looking for clients, it becomes a cycle.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that leads us perfectly into takeaway number three. So tell us about that.
1: My last takeaway is take your work idea seriously and go for it. So you can think about it all you want, but you just have to go. You just got to yeah. start moving. So first of all, you're going to want to figure out the legal business structure. There are a lot of benefits and it actually protects you. So I think that it feels very overwhelming. I felt overwhelmed when I started, but you actually are realizing whatever you want to do, an LLC or whatever, it is built to protect you. And once I realized that, I was like, all right, bring someone in. And then you just find someone, you know, a lawyer, a small business consultant, and they can help you do those things. It's not something you need to be an expert in. It's just something you need to bring someone else to help you grow with.
0: And I will say, I was intimidated too. I'm like, do I need an LLC? You know, am I Mm -hmm. that official? But it doesn't cost a lot to get someone to help you to set this up. It does make it official. It makes it official to you yourself as well. And then you're a business and that has good tax implications and different things. So yes, it's it's a great step to take.
1: I agree with you. I think so much of this is selling yourself that you are going to do something new. I mean, I see this in and out every day. So much of the battle is with ourselves. I had to start saying, I run my own company. I run my own company. Not like I used to be an executive producer. I'm like, no, I run my own company. I have clients. They are paying me through my LLC. I run my own company. So you have to really reframe it to yourself, believe your message. And then after you get it officially set up as a business structure, create an online presence. People will advise you a million different things, whatever you're comfortable with. Do not outsource this to someone that you're going to have to like pay to keep it up. You can get started on Wix. You could get started on Squarespace. If you're selling products, you could do Shopify. You could do Etsy. I think the most important thing is have a presence that you own, that Mm -hmm. you're like, these are the colors I want. This is my brand presence. And again, I think a lot of this is what you were saying about the business structure. The phrase I love is, penny wise, pound foolish. My mom always says, don't be penny wise, pound foolish. So you can barter for services. You can find someone who's affordable, but really do this the right way. It's the sort of thing you'll spend a little bit of money on and you'll get so much benefit later because if you have a presence that doesn't look professional, people will think you're not professional. Your work could be A plus, but if your site looks like a C minus, you're not going to get hired. And I think it's very, very, very important. Yeah. And as you promote yourself, one thing that I like to say is, as you're getting started, you don't have to be on every single social media platform.
0: No. Right. (laughs) That is a recipe for burnout right there.
1: Exactly. So there is time as you start to grow your business, if you want to do a video series showing people how to do something on YouTube or on Instagram, you should. But when you're really just starting out, I say start slowly. Try one social media channel. See how it goes. And again, you don't need a million followers to have a small business. Mm -hmm. You don't need a million followers to have a successful medium-sized business. I have gotten hired several times off of LinkedIn and Instagram, and I do not have a huge social following, but Mm -hmm. I can provide value to those clients and they see that. So as you get further into your journey of selling your business, selling your brand, people invest in people, not companies. You should put yourself on video. And again, it does not have to be in a super fancy studio. It can be more casual it could be on Instagram but you do need to introduce yourself to people because it's hard for someone to hire you if they don't know who you are and what yes. your personality is like
0: mm-hmm. I absolutely agree with that
1: And my very last tip is when you're taking your idea seriously and you're really starting to grow your business start with who you know mm. see if there's a market ask questions and get answers and see how then you can adjust you know a lot of business people I'd been speaking to for the podcast, they thought they were going to have this sort of a business and then they pivoted to this sort of business. It's okay to shift and pivot as you go. You know, how you form your LLC, that's just a name. What yeah. you offer can change every day. So that's also why, by the way, when you start a Squarespace or Wix or whatever website, you can change it yourself. Today mm-hmm. you could be a copywriter and tomorrow you could be a video editor. You could do whatever you want. So just remember, like, it's totally okay to change and reach out to local businesses. Local businesses know you. You're a part of the community. They want to support local businesses, so that should always be your first point of contact. Before you're thinking about advertising yourself to strangers on social media, you're more likely to get clients from people you know. First degree mm-hmm. or secondary contacts are your best source when you start.
0: Yeah, that's such beautiful advice because I think sometimes in our modern world, it's easier to be behind a screen to put up your stuff and to never admit to the people around you your dream or what you're doing or what you can offer. I was the most nervous to tell people I actually knew in real life about my podcast because I felt a little bit like an imposter. I could put it out there on a screen to strangers, but to say to my family and friends, I'm doing this was harder. But once you reach out to those people and network, they can support you and you'll be surprised by the knowledge that's right there in your circle of influence, people you already know ways they can help you and teach you and get you connected with people to help you with the stream or this business that you're starting.
1: And so many of the women on Mom's Exit Interview struggle with that. Imposter syndrome is on all of us. It's in mm. me. It lives in me. It lived in you. It lives in so many people. And I think one of the things that we talk about a lot is breaking through that barrier of thinking, if I put myself out there, people are going to judge me. No, 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 no. If these people are either your ideal clients Or family and friends or people you know and support you, they're more likely to say, how can I help you? Great. Can I introduce you to people? So I think in our head, it's very scary and there can be a lot of negativity and a lot of fear in there. But the truth is the right people will show up and they'll Mm -hmm. help and they'll introduce you to people. And the wrong people, they're not there. Just ignore them. Stay positive. Your network is your network because they like you and they believe in you. And you have to believe in yourself because we all have skills inside of us. We all have skills. And those skills can become valuable assets to the right client.
0: Amen. Well, this is so inspiring. I hope women listening are thinking a little bit about maybe a reframe of something that they can do to gain more of that control so that they have a say in how their day-to-day life goes, whether they're working outside the home, they're working inside the home, that they feel empowered to be able to make money in a way that feels good to them. And if they want to learn more from you, where would you suggest that they start?
1: Thank you so much. Yes, I'm so, so, so excited to help open people's eyes and give them tips to find that fulfilling life because it does exist and you can achieve it. So if you'd like to learn more, you should listen to Mom's Exit Interview Podcast. And it has inspirational stories of real moms doing just that, finding fulfillment, and practical tips from experts like Rebecca Minkoff and Gretchen Rubin and you, Rachel.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be on there.
1: Yeah, of course. We're so excited to have you. And I'm just so excited about this. And I I hope to unlock happiness and fulfillment for so many moms out there.
0: Well, thank you. And we're so grateful that you came on 3 and 30.
1: Thank you so much.
0: I found Kim's advice for moms so inspiring and actionable, especially as someone who has transitioned from being a high school English teacher with traditional work hours to a full-time stay-at-home mom to a podcaster who works from home part-time. I pay employees who help me with marketing and prepping episodes so that I don't have to work 40 hours a week because that's why I quit teaching in the first place so I could be more available to be with my kids as much as possible. Managing my work schedule with our family schedule is still not neat and tidy, but I appreciate Kim's reminder that this is why I'm podcasting and working from home so I can be flexible and reevaluate how much work to take on during each season of the year and of our lives. To recap, here are Kim's three takeaways for how to pursue fulfilling work outside the traditional nine to five job. First, as you decide how you want to work, identify your priorities. What do you actually want? Is it to have more time and flexibility to be with your kids? Maybe you're transitioning from being home full-time and want to earn extra income on top of your partner's full-time salary. Or maybe you are in a position where you need or want to earn a full-time salary you will need to revisit your priority when accepting jobs or clients to help you decide what to say yes to second think about your skills and how they could be used to serve others including paying clients or customers this may require a reframe of thinking about your skills not just what you have done but what are the underlying skills and traits you have that could be of value if you've been a teacher or writer or are really crafty think about how that could apply to serving clients and if you have spent the last several years being a mom, don't discount the skills you have gained from that. And Kim's third takeaway is to take your work ideas seriously and go for it. Get brave and start telling people you know about your business plan. Network within your local community. More often than not, people want to support you and connect you with the right people and invest a little bit in a simple website. Don't forget to listen to Kim's new podcast, Mom's Exit Interview, for more inspiration and practical tips for moms who want to work outside the nine to five. And also don't forget that we've created some new playlists to help you through your current phase of motherhood. You can find links to both of those resources in the show notes. My friends, whatever your dreams are, know that I am rooting for you and I hope you have a great week with your family.